a Lifetime original podcast. And when your parents are bonkers and you become famous at a young age, you're f***ed. I love a Lifetime movie. Who sees a baby and goes, look at this little baby, Kent. Like, he's going to be a dick. He's going to be a dick. Sorry. I can't stand when murderers do arts and crafts. You can't be sending underage girls to a man's house. Like, cut and dry, no. This poor woman just over here probably trying to buy some nice vampire teeth. Knocking on doors, hello! I need that Lexapro, stop, stop! Why don't you just go as a big dick, Kent? <laughs> you can come out now. It's all right. Mommy's here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparagan, sitting here with the stunning queen, Megan Gailey. Megan Gailey, girl. Hey, girl, hey. Stunning feels like a stretch. I am in a pajama set and thrilled to see you. I love a PJ set, though. I will say that I do. I am. My mom used to, when I was younger, like a teenager, like I loved like pajamas from Victoria's Secret. Not the sexy ones, but just like their cotton Mm -hmm. pajamas, you know? And my mom was literally like, I am not spending real money on pajamas. (laughs) She was like, you have got to stop. And I was like addicted. I was really I just feel like for a teen daughter, that's like you want them to want pajamas. You know, it's like, cover up and sleep cozy. Like that's the parents. Your mom didn't know how good she had it. I know. I mean, honestly. You could have been asking for a lot worse from VS. Hello from Victoria, honey? In the hots? I mean, that was a dark time. Uh, I mean, rest in peace, Victoria's Secret swimwear. I did, um, (laughs) I do remember that having, God, I don't even know why it went out of business. I I didn't know it even went out of business. Ew, they ceased to make it. Wow. Ceased. Ceased. Well, honestly, their Christmas pajama game is still Mm. good. Still got it after all these years. Now I know what to get you. Now I know what to get you. Now, Megan, I wanted to tell you, so I've been like just thinking about, uh, as always, you know, thinking about us as Lifetime movie stars, how we get in front Mm -hmm. of the camera. You know, we had a taste with our I Love a Royal Lifetime movie marathon. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, what's next? And so here's this movie idea. Here's an idea, just got the premise I was thinking about us, right? Okay. We are... We own a real estate agency, okay? Classic Mm -hmm. lifetime job real estate agent. So we are real estate agents, and basically what is happening is someone keeps murdering people and then leaving their bodies in the houses we're trying to sell. So we show up to get ready for an open house. There's a body in the master bedroom. We go to this other house. There's a body in the living room. And so we're like, and as always, the cops are lazy and not handling it. And right. we're like, we got we to gotta find out who's doing this to protect our business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then it's like, yes. we are trying to crack the case. Because the thing mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out is like, you know, we don't, I don't want the trope of you as white woman in peril and me as your sassy friend who gets murdered no, midway through. Right, of course. You know? Right. So <laughs> it's like, how? How can we be like on the same page? The stakes are the same for both of us and we're in it together. But ultimately you will be in the clutches of the killer at some point. Okay, I do love this idea. I do think it's like a, um, you know, real estate's my backup plan. Okay. Uh, well, it goes my feet, selling pictures of my feet and then real estate. <laughs> but like feet, I feel like is only a, a bridge to 
for the gap of what yeah. my earnings will be. And then mm-hmm. I'll eventually need to get my real estate license. Yeah. It, it seems like a fun way for us to like have to be like cleaning and using our salesmen. Like, no, you can't go in there. Like, I yeah. love that when there's sort of like a, a British comedy, like, a little farce. You on. want a farcical yes. element. Okay. Yes. And like doors closing and like, no, oh, the closet's not done yet. And so I think it would give us, it would stretch us as actors and as real estate brokers. Yeah. And then we we can do a pool, a hot tub, yes, yes, a yes, wine yes. cellar. Absolutely. Like all of the different fun rooms. It's got a little bit of clue yes, vibe to absolutely. it. Absolutely. So I love it. Sold. I'm buying it in the room. Oh my God, I love this. This is my dream. Selling it in the room. I think also too, right? We get to touch on all the lifetime. Like, you know, we'll both have these like husbands who are telling us to like leave it alone and just let the cops handle it, you know? And it's like, okay, and what about my 5%? You know, am I going to leave that alone? And our husband's like, you know that I'm the breadwinner. And it's like, how dare you throw that in my face? Oh my God, I love this act three turn. Megan, you've written it. We love that. Uh, I am um, I love seeing us back to back, arms crossed. Yes! Because it's yes, like, we're, we're on a bus turn, But then we become detectives. Exactly. That's Great. the whole point. And that's the journey between us. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And what if mm. we're actually like co-workers who are like, we like each other, but we're not friends. But like this is like, at some point my character will say, you know what? I, did, I used to not fuck with you, but you're kind of cool. Like, right? She'd have a moment where she says something like that. Yeah. There's something that you never invite me to. Yeah. And then, like, at the end, you're like, do you want to come to Christmas dinner? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't believe that. I think I have to leave my husband. That's what, like, oh, yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. my that's my arc. <laughs> the more I think about him, I hate him. Well, Megan... We haven't decided who the killer is, so. Oh, wow. He's trying to mess up my business so I spend more time at home with our kids. <laughs> I love that. Whew, God, it feels good when you're just cooking creatively. It feels good to oh, cook like this. Yeah. So. Speaking of spending time with kids. <laughs> Perfect oh, segue. <laughs> to- today's movie is called Am I a Serial Killer? Question mark. Classic question. It is about a teenage girl visits her mom on death row and gets lured into a dangerous trap to take the fall for her mother's crimes. <sighs> yes, Eddie. Yeah. This one was a true doozy. The logline alone, I also feel like the logline gives a little bit away. Like if I were doing mm-hmm. the logline for this film, I would say a teen girl on the eve of her mother's execution starts to doubt everything she thought was true. Mm, that's yes, light. Yeah. That's a little bit vaguer. Give yeah. me time. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think um, log. I think writing log lines. I'm actually better at writing log lines than I am actual scripts. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, I will write you a banger of a log. Line. <laughs> you want me to fill out the rest? I don't know. That's going to uh, take me a while. <laughs> um, this movie is available on Lifetime Movie Club. Naomi and I watched it. I yes. gotta say, I'm giving it like. Pretty high thumbs up. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some throwback characters from other films, which yeah. you know we love. I had an IMDb page open for someone <laughs> in it. So I think it's time to just dive right in. Yes, this movie had a lot going on. I did not feel what Megan felt, but there's a lot to unpack. And thank God we have special guest John Grills, creator and host of the podcast Creepy to help Mm -hmm. us break it all down. So stay tuned for that. That is going to be fun. 
But first, we got to get into it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we open on creepy music. So happy we have a creep expert coming on later. I did note that we are seeing a pretty house, though. I did yes. like how the house looked. I think <laughs> I there was like ivy up the side. I always loved that. And then we hear a woman yelling, Natalie, come back here. Natalie, come back here. And like in a not nice voice, yeah. we see little girl feet, yes. like in a pretty white nightgown. Oh, my God. Pajamas running upstairs. Back here. And then we see who is Natalie. She's a young girl. She's in her nightgown. She runs into her room and then she hides in her closet. And then the voice of the woman that was yelling, Natalie, come back here, suddenly gets very, very sweet. You can come out now. It's all right. Mommy's here. Mommy's here. (laughs) Natalie. Mommy's here. Mommy's going to make it better. And I'm like, um, if that was true, I don't think she'd be hiding from you in a closet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's already feeling yeah. a little dicey. So this um, this exact thing happened in my family. What? Um, where, well, not no one in my family murdered anybody, but my brother <laughs> and my dad were in a knockdown drag out fight. And my dad was like chasing my brother around the house. Like, Michael, I'm going to kill you. And Michael had definitely, he had definitely done something to me. Like I was the root of the issue, I'm sure. And so he's like, Michael, I'm gonna... and my dad tells the story. Great. So I don't think he'll be upset. That I'm telling you, he's like, Michael, I'm going to kill you. And then the way he tells it, he's like, he gets down to Michael's bedroom door, which Michael has locked. And he's like, Micah, it's dad. <laughs> I just want to talk to you. And my brother was holding a shillelagh that my parents had bought for him oh, in Ireland and was like, dad, I'll kill you. <laughs> Wait, what's a shillelagh? A shillelagh is like shillelagh. an Irish hammer or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the beginning of this movie, I was like, oh my God, this is a Gailey family Christmas. <laughs> Oh my God, that is too good. But things take a very different non gaily turn <laughs> when we flash from that moment to present day and Natalie, now eight years older, okay? We've gone eight mm-hmm. years in the future, honey. She's a teen and she is in her pajamas and she is laying in the middle of the road in the dead of night. In the dead of night, okay? Stakes can't be higher. And then her... Aunt Caroline is pulling up behind Natalie in her car and basically like throws a blanket over her and is like, come with me. Natalie. Oh my God. I can get away for you, honey. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay, baby. <laughs> I dreamt about her again. I know. I know. It's okay. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm shook because Aunt Caroline is the crazy owner wife from Pom Pom Murders. 
You know, right. and it's just, again, when we're seeing this lifetime cinematic universe, these actors who are coming through like Karma Chameleons, changing mm-hmm. it up, going from, what was it? Her, her, uh, Prescription bottle said delusions. <laughs> and so it's like from delusions to like stable aunt who's here to help you. I was yes. like, we love it. Who Who's totally not thrown that her niece is laying in the street. Like, exactly. here we go again. I brought the blanket this time. <laughs> um, So when we see her because of her past in Pom Pom Murders, I'm immediately like, I don't trust her. Okay. Though, you, yeah, even you though trust she's done nothing. Uh, I'm just like, I saw you twitch at a cheerleading practice and I don't know if I trust you, um, which is not fair of me to do to Aunt Caroline. So Aunt Caroline is in her kitchen. It's a, I would say it's a standard kitchen. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's a house hunters, but they don't pick that house. Yeah. Okay. So she is watching the news, which is talking about the case of Annie Weaver, who committed double homicide against an older couple who was renting a room in her house. Yes. Weaver was charged with the brutal double homicide of Frank and Lucy Miller eight years ago. Now, when I hear this, I'm really pissed. Well, yeah, I know how you feel about old people. I, I do. If you, elder abuse, my number one cause. Yeah. I am so yeah. angry about it. So to murder an old couple, I'm like, oh no, I thought this was going to be like a boyfriend. Right, like, right. I don't know, like I a neighbor know. who was annoying. Just an old couple who's paying part of your mortgage. No, this pisses me off. I know. Okay. She's terrible. So. Annie got nicknamed Weaver the Cleaver because of the weapon she used. And a cleaver is like a big knife. I know what a cleaver is. I just didn't know what a shillelagh was. I don't know what a cleaver is. A cleaver is like a butcher knife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when you like, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's really going to cut the bone. Rectangle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to cut the bone. Okay, and her own daughter, Natalie Weaver, who was in the flashback and laying in the road, age 10, when the crime happened, testified in court against her, and her testimony is what ended up putting Annie away and put her on death row. Can Whew. you imagine? And then she's going to be executed in a month, and Natalie's, like, coming downstairs the next morning. She's got to go to school, okay, whether you're mm-hmm. in the road at three in the morning or not. She's got to go to school, okay? And then Natalie's like hearing all this and then her aunt like turns the TV off. Natalie's immediately very moody, very hot topic, bitchy teen. That's her vibe. And so she's very like, Uh you don't have to turn the TV off. Like, I know. But then she's also admitting that she's having nightmares and she's worried that she is like, like her mom. And so it's like, she's, you can tell the hard exteriors because she's just terrified inside. Yeah. She's that kind of teen. Because she's got like Bambi like looks, you know, she's Those got eyes, wide yeah. eyes. She looks like a little sweetie pie girl. She's got the legs of a fawn. She's very, uh-huh. yeah, she's just, uh, she's mm-hmm. shaky. She's shaky. She's freshly born. And her mom is in prison. <laughs> um, So Natalie gets to school. Everyone is talking about her. This yeah. is classic movie trope. I truly, we went to school. I don't know if I ever remember, like, I guess things happened, but I don't ever remember someone like walking through the halls and everyone being like, <laughs> like, I don't, I just don't, I, we, that was pre us all being on social media. Maybe kids now right. like clued into everybody, but it's like, right. I don't even know everybody at my high school to like know everyone's drama. I wish. I, I wish. know. And also they're just, I don't know. I just don't get being mean about it. Cause it's like. First of no. all, her mother, mother's a murderer. It wasn't her. She's the one who put her mother away. Like, she's the good guy in this. Why yeah. is everybody being mean to her like she did the killing? Do you know what I mean? Right. 
And they're it's not really being mean. mean to her in like a snitches get stitches way. Right. They're being mean to her in a way of there are newspaper clippings with like murderer and like red, like fake blood taped all over her locker, which right. is a lot. I can't um, stand when murderers do arts and crafts. Okay. No. I don't have time. It's like, it's like when assholes do arts and crafts, when murderers do arts and crafts, you're just like, I'm sorry. Don't you have something serious to do for somebody to show right. up and make that collage? They made a collage, Megan, and right. they taped it to her locker. That's that, that makes you the loser. Okay. Cause Did you, you were out your homework? Thank you. Did you finish your homework? I bet not. I bet that you have some algebra too, that you could have studied harder on Absolutely. instead of cutting newspaper clippings out of, Natalie's mom. Okay, so her guy friend Jeff walks up and he starts to take them down and Natalie's like, don't even bother, just gotta put him back up. And then Kent, maybe, maybe the worst character we've ever seen. I know, I thought the exact same thing. Uh, He chimes in and they have this interaction. Hey, I'm curious. Do they send you the electric bill for execution or do we all get to chip in on that? (laughs) (laughs) What is your malfunction? Seriously. Wow. Look who found a pair. They dropped this morning, Jeff. (laughs) Leave her alone. You can't actually be friends with her. You're just doing it so she doesn't put you on a kill list, right? You're an ass. Come on. Do you want to go? Hey, Kent. (laughs) Okay. Satisfying at the end. Yeah, she punches him. (laughs) She punches him, and you know what? He deserves. He deserves. Yeah. Yeah. Who names their kid Kent? (laughs) <laughs> Who sees a baby and goes, look at this little baby, Kent. Like, he's going to be a dick. He's going to be a dick. Sorry. So a teacher sees her punch him, even though he deserved it. And he's like, you guys come, got to come to my office. Mm-hmm. Next time we see Natalie, she is with her psychiatrist, Dr. Yes. Welk. And she tells Dr. Welk that she's been suspended and that something inside her just snapped. Maybe it's a side effect of the medication. You mean sudden fits of violence? No. Not in my experience. Speaking of which, I don't think the medication you gave me is working. The sleepwalking is more common now. Mm, It takes a while to get into your system. Gotta give it more time. In the dreams? I'm having them all the time now. I'm not surprised. Clearly, they're being triggered by your mother being in the news lately. It's called a stressor event. I said, nope, nope, he's shady. I mean, the moment you have a doctor giving medication that does not work, and then completely not interested when it doesn't work? Yeah. Nope. Uh I'm telling you, the moment he said that, I said, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm also very suspect. You know, the idea of a woman of any age talking to a male therapist, it worries me. Right. It worries me. Absolutely. It always worries me. Can you imagine imagine thinking, I'm doing so bad, I need to go talk to a man? No, I can't. I've never had a, I, I saw a male counselor two times when I was 12 because that's who my brother saw. And then my parents took me to see a woman who specialized in adolescent girls. And it's uh, like, yeah. You need it. Um, so this one's on Aunt Caroline probably. Yeah. But um, he also suggests she go visit her mom in prison, which she's never done before. Never done. Never done. And that seems like a pretty outrageous suggestion. I wouldn't even know what to say. Whatever you need to. It might be the best way to get answers, certainly to get closure. Now, Megan, I don't know if I've told you this, but I am so sick of closure, okay? The word closure, the concept of closure, and this idea that you go to another person for closure. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Closure is something you give yourself. 
the mm. decision to wow. end the anger or obsession or, you know, repetitive thinking or whatever. You do that. You don't mm. go to somebody and be like, please make it all go away. And so mm -hmm. this whole idea of getting closure, it's like, you got to just know in yourself, she did it. I testified. I did what was right. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I absolutely know what you're saying. And listening to you say that makes me realize I don't know if I've ever gotten closure on anything in my life. I think I'm just okay. open wounds and that's okay too. And you that's know? okay too. Now I will say Dr. Welk looked very familiar. Huh. Um, and I was like, I think I know this man personally. Because <laughs> like, I looked at his IMDb. <laughs> I looked at his IMDb and the only thing that I had watched that he was like a major player in was Caroline in the City. <laughs> and, and I, like, he's like, he was in the whole series. Oh, wow. Okay, Dr. Well. And I'm like, I don't know if I remember Caroline in the City right. that much. Right, right, right. To, for this man to be ringing that many bells. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I feel like him and I have been in a comedy competition. So <laughs> So if anybody else has seen this movie and also felt like Dr. Welk was their personal friend, let me know. Right, right. Okay, well, he's got a familiar face. I also want you to tell me what you think about Kent. Kent has a very punchable mm. face. So when you watch this on Lifetime Kent. Movie Club, I want you to look at Kent and just tell me how punchable you think his face is on a scale of one to Mike Tyson. Yeah. Now, Oof. even though I've said all this about closure, of course what happens Natalie signs up to go see her mother in prison mm -hmm. and they just let her right in. Okay. Yeah. As somebody who has visited people in prison, it's not that simple. I mean, you've got to really, you've got to show up with a lot of items to verify your identity. And then that person usually has to put you on a list saying, yes, this person can come visit me. So, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's because mom is about to be executed. They're like, let her, let her do whatever. Yeah. You know, they're feeling breezy, really see. Easy breezy person. Yeah. They're just like really just letting it happen. So Annie, uh, her mom, is sitting in her cell and she is shocked to see that she has a visitor and then even more shocked that it's her daughter. Baby, I'm so happy to see you. You have no idea how much I've missed you. I thought that I would never see you again. I gotta say, first impression, you're like, this woman seems like a sweetheart. Like, she's just <laughs> like a blonde soccer mom who's so happy to see her daughter. She's crying. She definitely has like nervous energy. She's like, oh my God, I wish I would have done my hair. Or, I don't know, baked your cake here in prison. Um, they get right down into it. Yeah, you, you gotta know? get right Natalie, down to business. Natalie's not there to make small talk. Mm -hmm. They go right into this. Why did you do it? I need to know. You don't remember? Good. You were so young. I mean, just a little girl. And I was there to protect you. What does that mean? It's best that we don't talk about it. It's why I never blamed you for any of it. Okay. Well, well, well. It seems like she's holding back information mm -hmm. of like, Natalie, I wouldn't ever do anything that right. could hurt you. So it's like, oh, is there something Natalie isn't remembering correctly Absolutely. from that night? And Annie as like, you know, this... <laughs> angel mom, this right. martyr, um, is she just serving time for s the way it actually didn't go down? Right. So if anything, she's a great actress. Absolutely. And that, but of course, you know, mom has said, you know, I've sent you all these letters. Natalie immediately goes home, goes into her aunt's room and is like looking for these letters. And then finally her aunt shows up and is like, 
I burned them. Oh. And she's like, because I think it would have just caused you pain. She's like, your mom, and she just like literally drags the mom. She's like, your mom is manipulative. She's conniving. Like she's a terrible person is basically what mm-hmm. Aunt Caroline is saying from the jump. She is evil, Natalie. You didn't know her. You were just a child, but I did. Even before she married your father, I knew what she was like. She was manipulative and conniving, always seeming so innocent. You didn't see her. She wasn't like that at all. Yes, she is. And people don't change, not people like her. You're wrong. And you had no right to throw them out. Okay, I don't know why you on your mother's side just because she didn't look like a murderer in the moment yeah. you just saw her. Do you know what I mean? She's, it's she, like a, she, I felt bad for Aunt Caroline. Cause I was like, you know what? Aunt Caroline chose to take this Natalie in. Okay. She said, I'm going to give her a new life. We're going to start, even though why they didn't move is beyond me, but she's here to take care of her. And then Natalie uh-huh. just was like, nope, you're the worst. I don't trust you. You're terrible. Well, Aunt Caroline did go pretty hard at the mom. You know, she said she's evil, manipulative, and conniving. And she's obviously her. And if this woman is a murderer, then she is all of those things. But, like, you gotta, with a teen, you know, you tell them someone's terrible, and then they're like, I love that person. Right, right, right. We're getting married. Caroline, we we gotta read some parenting books here. (laughs) Um, You gotta trick these teens. They're, They're tricky. They're slippery. Um, So now, yes, Natalie loves her murderer mom. Um, Okay, so Natalie is back with Dr. Welk, and she says, like, her mom is nothing like she remembered. How does that make you feel? Relieved, but also unsure. Uh, Unsure of what? If she's not who they said, what if I got it wrong back then? What if what I said in court wasn't true, and I was just believing all the stories people were telling me? And so then Dr. Welk has his second craziest idea. Look, if you really want to remember, you may need to go back there. Back to the house? I haven't been there since that night. I understand, but revisiting the house may be exactly what you need to trigger your memories. Okay, this is this like, take the license. Yeah, this, this is crazy. This is what I'm saying. This man actually probably doesn't even have a license. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, mm-hmm. Megan? He probably ain't even got an actual license. Because everything he is saying... You are telling, one, you're telling a minor to go various places unattended, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to engage with the double homicide that her mother probably committed, or at least that's what everyone thinks. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, like, that's not medical advice. The most my therapist has ever told me is to, like, eat a vegetable. You know what I mean? And Dr. Welk's practice is just at the back of his house it's like you it can't looks, be sending underage girls to a man's house i like, know and also it looks dry. like a, no. a weird like bungalow vibe where i was like yeah is this in a neighborhood it looks very much like it's on its own property which always yeah. suspect no one can hear you scream and as a psychiatrist why would you want your patients coming to your house i've never understood that i've never understood that the last I thing wouldn't. i would want is somebody knowing where i lived anybody Especially really someone that's under psychiatric care <laughs> And I say that as someone under psychiatric care. (laughs) Knocking on doors. Hello. I need that Lexapro stat stat. Well, I think the next scene gives me a hint as to why maybe Natalie's not feeling herself. Because she seems to work at like a Halloween pop-up store. I love this. I love it. I was like, no, I wasn't expecting this Halloween adventure energy. 
I love it. And she's working, <laughs> and then her friend Jeff, and Jeff's whole vibe, he's very like skinny, awkward emo. Okay. Yeah. And like that's his vibe, but he's like her bestie, but then you kind of can't tell. It's like, are they friends or does he just kind of hang around? Does that Is make any he sense? Gay? What's going on? Yeah, yeah does like he it's, like her. Yes, it's, exactly. It's really um, the guy who would hang at the coffee shop. Remember him? Yes, yes, who, yes, yes. Um, th- he has that. Energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a classic Lifetime character, right? He's a MacGuffin. Like, He's a MacGuffin. Yeah, it's like I'm a man. I'm here to help. Am I bad? Right. Um, so he brings her her homework um, because she is suspended from school for punching Kent, and then Kent comes in. Oh my lord. And he's looking for a Halloween costume, and it's like, why don't you just go as a big dick, Kent? Exactly. Just browsing, looking for ideas for Halloween. Maybe I'll go as Weaver the Cleaver Killer this year. Die, 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 die. <laughs> Want me to help you find a dress? <laughs> and Natalie is pissed. Um, of course. She's like, didn't you learn your lesson the last time I knocked you out? I know. It's like, you should be embarrassed, Kent. Okay? You yeah. were punched by someone who's 80 pounds soaking wet in the middle of the hallway. Do you know what I mean? Like, at school. I'm like, you still, you yeah. still feel good about yourself? And, like, you wrote murderer on her locker, so why are you baiting a murderer? <laughs> you know? Like, or at least a murderer-friendly. Murderer-adjacent. I, I know. Um. So Natalie snaps at him, is, like, yelling at him. It definitely causes a scene in the store. Um. And then her boss comes up, and he seems like a very mild-mannered older gay gentleman. Yes, absolutely. Um, which is who exactly owns costume shops. <laughs> So um, the boss takes Natalie's side and throws Kent out for being a jerk. I thought the customer was always right. That's true, but in order to be a customer, you need to buy something. The customer is not always right. If there's anything we've learned from watching viral videos of white people in Costco's, it's that the customer (laughs) is, in fact, incorrect a lot of the time. Yeah, usually wrong. Usually wrong. But... Later that night, Natalie, like, gets home. She takes her pills that Dr. Welk has prescribed, saying, you know, he's like, it, it takes time for them to work. And then immediately starts having this, like, it seems like she's having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And in the nightmare, you kind of see Kent in the woods being chased by a hooded figure. And then he's, like, um, killed with a cleaver. And then we cut to Natalie stumbling around outside in her pajamas, no shoes on. Okay, and she's having a flashback to the night of the murder and and like hearing her mom and she sees her mom's like bloodied hand. And then so Natalie's out here. She just, you know, she out in these streets, honey. She out in these streets. Uh At least she wears, you know, pajamas that cover her up, you know, so she's. Yeah, she had socks on. Yeah, she had socks, but no shoes. Then who pulls up but Dr. Welk? Dr. Hmm. Welk pulls up. Natalie, what are you doing out here? I don't know. Come on. Let's get you to the car. And now this is when I start to feel like, how big is this town? You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? (laughs) Meaning, how is it that you are coming upon the teenage Mm -hmm. girl at what I imagine is after midnight, between like midnight and 5 a.m., right? Like, Oof, yeah. You're coming upon her in the middle of the night? It's like, what are you doing? Okay, mm-hmm. this is not, I'm like, I don't get the sense that there's like a bustling nightlife here, okay? I highly no. doubt he's out at the club. This is also a weeknight and he has a job. So I'm, again, I'm suspect, okay? Yes. And yes. then he, she gets in the car with him and he's like, you need to tell your aunt or I'm going to tell her. And then she's like, don't tell her. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to double your dosage. Take more of the meds. We got to get these working. <sighs> 
And then he, this, in that moment, writes her a script right there, right there in the car. He keeps his pad with him at all times. Has it on him, has it on him. Has him on him. And then when Natalie gets back in the house, you know, she's creeping in all quiet so Auntie Caroline doesn't notice. What does Natalie see? But blood on her socks. Ooh, baby. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. Okay. So the next morning, Aunt Caroline, she, you know, she apologizes for burning the letters. She's definitely softened since yeah. the last um, talk they've had. Um, so she's like, how did you sleep? And Natalie's like, great, slept all through the night. Um, <laughs> and then Natalie goes into um, like a little pantry door and we see that she grabs a pair of keys that are for her old house, which is the scene of the murders, which is where Dr. Well told her to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she goes to the house. The house is for sale. Eight years. It has been on the market for yep. eight years because these keys still work. And <laughs> I gotta say, a double homicide, that'll that'll make you sit for a while. That'll make you, know? you sit for a while. We gotta Absolutely. get flipper flop in there. Okay, we gotta yeah. get some ship lap up on need, these walls. We need sage. We need sage and ship lap. That's the only way you start fresh, okay? You've got to clear the energy. Yeah. And then you gotta get Joanna Gaines doing her thing. Yeah, I'm at the point now with how bad um, the L.A. housing market is that it's like, just just point me at, in the direction of a house where someone's been murdered. Absolutely, me too. And, I'm like, and they, get it for low we'll price. We'll make it work. Yeah, get we'll it for a low price. You kidding me? I'm and like, not even a low price, probably a normal price. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> this town is sick. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you know what? I have a friend. We have a mutual friend who looked at one of the Manson murder houses. To buy? To buy. And I think he ended up not buying it because it was like a one bathroom. You know, it wasn't even the <laughs> right, murder. Right, like right. it was like the floor plan. He's like, I can't. <laughs> it's not open concept. Who cares that pig was written in their blood on the walls? Exactly. Okay. Oh my God. So um, she's at the murder house. Um, Natalie goes to the door. She's about to open it, but then she gets a call from Jeff and she leaves without going in. But, but we do see. My favorite thing. We do see a hooded figure watching her. Oh, come on. A hooded figure from behind. Just a sliver of the hood. Lifetime knows how to get me. <laughs> they know that if I'm see if the hooded figure, I'm like, okay, this is it. Hooded figure giving answers. Okay. So Natalie goes to school and the principal asks, like, is immediately like, you need to come to my office. There's a police woman sitting there. We do love a woman detective. And her name is Captain Lawrence. And she is hell bent on our protagonist being the murderer from moment one. Kent Shelton was attacked last night. Murdered. What? Is there anyone that can corroborate your whereabouts last night? Wait, am I suspect? We're just asking questions. Do you know of anyone else who might have had a dispute with Kent? <sighs> Not exactly. I mean, there's a lot of people that didn't like him. Okay, I do like that Natalie was like, listen, Kent sucked. Um, I'm not going to be the only suspect. <laughs> I know, I know. They <laughs> need kinda... to cast a wide net. Thank you. It's like, I'm like, yeah, they got in a fight and she punched him. But it's like, Kent was literally trash. And that was what's kind of hard. Because like, when the first person killed is someone who sucks, I'm kind of yeah. like, uh-huh. This sounds, mm -hmm. this seems good. Um, there seems to be justice in the, in the world of this film. I'm on yeah. board, quite honestly. I'm not worried right. yet. <laughs> yeah, you're like, we're definitely saving some roofies. Exactly. Um, the very least. That now Kent is gone. 
Okay, so Aunt Caroline, um, we're back at the house. She gets home, and Dr. Welk is there waiting to talk to her. I found her walking down the street over near the old foundry. Clothes, filthy, feet muddy, with no recollection of where she'd been or what she might have done. Well, she told me that she slept through the night. I thought it was important that you know, especially after what happened to that poor young man they found this morning. I mean, he's really putting things together that no one asked him to put together. Okay, Megan? Mm -hmm. Ain't that mm -hmm. the truth? Okay. And then he's like, well, you know, this execution could be causing her to have abnormal behavior. But he's not wrong about the abnormal behavior because the next time we see Natalie, she is back in prison visiting her mom. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. oh, okay. I thought this was going to be a one-off. Exactly. Okay, so she tells her mom that she's worried that she sleepwalked and killed Ken. Like, she, Natalie does not know. Right. Um, right. And Annie is like, do not trust your doctor. Do not trust anyone and don't say a word. I think that's good advice. <laughs> yeah, but then, she, but it's a while because she's like, don't talk. Because, of course, I'm like, you are already in a prison as you're saying this. Don't mm. give them any information. <laughs> okay, don't give them any fodder because they could just walk you right round back and give you a place to stay. Yeah. And then she, but then she also tells her, she's like, destroy the clothes you're wearing. Destroy the clothes was, you were wearing last night when you yes. were sleepwalking. And then Annie's like, everything I did was to protect you. So it's like, okay, Annie, you've been watching Forensic Files, clearly. You're giving her this information. But it's still, again, she's being cryptic enough. It's like just enough of that cryptic to make Natalie question everything. Yeah, so Natalie is back at Aunt Caroline's and she is giving her hands what I would call a good COVID wash. Okay, she is yep. singing happy birthday two times through. Yeah, absolutely. She is getting under the nails. Uh -huh. But it's not about COVID. It's because she thinks there could be forensic evidence for yeah. Ken, who she may or may not have killed. Um, and then Aunt Caroline is like, why did you lie to me about sleepwalking last night? Because I didn't want to feel like a freak. For one day, at least. You're not a freak, and there's nothing that you can't tell me. Do you understand? Look me in my eyes. Is there anything else you haven't told me? Ding dong. And there are like 20 cops. I know. Like it, is, it is a hilarious amount of cops at the door. I know. I know. For one single teenager. And they're not there to arrest her. They're just there because they have a search warrant. Um, so we find out they talked to Dr. Welk. This snitches. Snitch, and they have a search warrant for Natalie's clothes. And Aunt Caroline goes to get them. And they're in the dryer because they've been washed. They've been washed? It was laundry day. Would you like a bag? Don't bother. We brought our own. Yeah. Just like Aunt Caroline, it's amazing how quickly she is like really becoming an accessory. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm yeah. like, wow, you really stepped in to just like shut that down, Auntie Caroline. That's right. amazing. Okay, so then this is what makes me kind of suspicious of Aunt Caroline. Once the cops leave, Natalie is like, why did you wash my clothes? Was there anything on them? And Caroline's like, um, there were some spots. And then is like, do not talk to the police. So it's like, it seems like Caroline is covering up something. Caroline's right. She shouldn't be talking to these hoes. No, she should not be talking to the police. I mean the washing of the clothes. And it's like, it, it just seems like she's covering for something that Natalie doesn't even know what she's covering for. Mm, That's how okay. I read it. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. 
So then Caroline like reiterates that Annie is a liar and yeah, it's like cool, thanks, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> but then Natalie goes to Doctor Welks, and it's and I did think this was so funny because basically he's he's um seeing another patient out, and then Annie just runs up and is like, "You talk to the cops," and I was just like. <laughs> I love the drama of it all. And again, Dr. Welks, to me, his his reactions are always a little too flat. Natalie, your appointment is on. You told them I was sleepwalking? You need to calm down. Why would you do that? Look, I have an obligation as a doctor. Yeah, to help your patients. To inform the authorities if I perceive a patient is a possible threat to themselves or others. And then, of course, as she walks away in a huff, who do we see but our favorite hooded figure watching her. Okay. Does that confuse you? Because you're suspicious of Dr. Welk, but it's like, how, how, does that mean the hooded figure couldn't be Dr. Welk? Well, that's true. But at this point, you know, I just give it over to God. You know, at some point I'm watching a Lifetime movie and I'm saying this don't add up. Jesus, take the wheel. That's just how Mm -hmm. I am about it. Because I still Mm -hmm. suspect Dr. Welk. I'm going to tell you, this doesn't stop me from suspecting him. Okay, okay. Um, So, I think it was Aunt Caroline mentioned this old detective from the case, um, Detective John Matthews, like that he he was the one that was working the case and knew all the ins and outs. So Natalie goes to see him. He's now a bartender. Well, and this is what the first thing I want to talk about. Like, he's now a bartender. I'm like, you were a detective on a very high profile case. And now you up in here cleaning glasses at noon. I'm worried about him. Well, he could own the bar. He could own the bar. That's true. That's true. Um, so... Natalie starts asking him about the night of the crimes, and he says this. Annie Weaver is bad news. Always has been. Whenever there was trouble, Annie was never too far behind. That night, look, whatever she's telling you, do not believe it. Thank you. All right, anytime. And then Natalie leaves and the ex-cop has a flashback to the night of the murder. He's asking young Natalie about these drawings where she drew the Millers and they're depicted with X's in their eyes that look like buttons. Oh my God. And she says that she was mad at them. Listen to this. My mom told me to draw how I was feeling. They were going away. I wanted them to go away forever. I never wanted to see them again. They were dead to me. Wow. Okay, now things are starting to look suspicious for Natalie. Then we cut to Natalie back at the costume shop. She's late for work and the boss is like, I've had it. (laughs) You're fighting with people. You're coming in late. And then he's like, you're also fired because the police came by. Right. And they were asking about the altercation you had with Kent because now he's dead. And (laughs) Natalie flips. She's not like, I'm sorry. She yells, screw you. And then she pushes a girl. Just like out of her way. The girl's kind of in her way, but barely. (laughs) She just like, screw you. She runs out. This poor woman just over here probably trying to buy some nice vampire teeth. And then Natalie just like pushes her and everyone, of course, looks at Natalie and this has been clocked. I'm like, for somebody who is like possibly a suspect in murders, she is not laying low. She has not figured out she got to calm down, be cool. This is when I'm like, we need to take her away from Dr. Welk and we need to put her in anger management. Absolutely. Because I don't think he has those tools. Because he makes me angry. You know, yeah. like he's anger inducing. I know. Okay, so Natalie gets back home. Her um, aunt is getting an al- a new alarm system put in so she doesn't sleepwalk. And I said, well, we've seen this before. Exactly. Okay? 
We are sleepwalking in suburbia. With oh Natalie. my God. Again, the young version of sleepwalking suburbia. If, if only Aunt Caroline had been like, I've got handcuffs. Um, <laughs> so Natalie is pissed, but it's like, just let her have a security system. I'd be thrilled. Because of course her aunt, who has again raised her the last eight years, is understandably worried and is like, talk to me, Natalie. And she's just like, stay away from me. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Natalie, the drama right yeah. now is out of control. It's pretty melodramatic. The quote she says is, the more distance you keep from me, the better your life will be. <laughs> and it's like, homie, it's too late for that. Aunt Caroline is yeah. up here single raising somebody else's kid and getting yelled at every guardian. damn day. <laughs> I'm like, um. I'm your legal guardian. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, so Natalie's getting ready for bed. She takes her pills and then she goes to sleep. Um, And we see like there's a little, there's a picture on her bedside table that her mom had been like folded under that you couldn't see. And now we see that Natalie has unfolded and her mom is visible. So Annie is like a presence in Natalie's heart and bedside table. Okay, so we cut to the costume shop. And her former boss, he's like hearing a rustling. He's yeah. hearing he's closing a noise. Up. You know, the shop is mm-hmm. closed, honey. It's all dark. For sure. It's nighttime. Mm-hmm. So he can like send someone's in there because he's like, we're closed. Who's in here? You better come out or I'm going to call the police. And then a hooded figure appears. <laughs> and Cleaver's him. Wow. Come on. Cleaver's him. Leave it to Cleaver. Leave it to Cleaver, honey. And then... Natalie, what's happening with her while he's getting cleavered? Natalie has sleepwalked, sleptwalked, sleepwalked to her old house. And Aunt Caroline finds her and wakes her up. She's not inside. She's just standing in front of it. No, this is the second murder that's happened while Natalie is loose on the streets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So the next morning... All the cops that we know at this point, Captain Lawrence, they're all over the costume shop. And Owen, that's the name of the boss, um, he's dead. He was killed with a meat cleaver. Just like the Shelton kid. Mm-hmm. Same weapon used, same M.O. Several customers said he had heated conversation with an employee yesterday before he fired her. Her? Natalie Weaver works here. Or did. And she had a loud altercation because her ass is extra. So, (laughs) of course, the cops come back to Aunt Caroline's house and is like, Natalie's at school. Natalie is upstairs trying to cover her mouth so they don't hear her breathe. Okay. Mm -hmm. And basically the captain is like, she has had public fights with two people who are now dead. Okay. And then Aunt Caroline's like, nope, Natalie was home all night. After you came by the other night, I installed these alarms on all the doors just in case. If Natalie slipped out, I'd know. And she was here all night. It's like, by that loud-ass alarm, we know that's not true. And we know you know it's not true, Aunt Caroline. Then, Natalie, for some very nonsense reason, decides to walk to the costume shop. Which, you know, you've heard somebody was murdered. And they think you did it. You should probably not return to the scene of the murder. Don't you mm-hmm. think? It's, again, Natalie, she's, look, she's a teen. She's a teen. She's confused. Her mom's about to be executed. She's mm-hmm. not all there. She's not thinking it through because basically a cop kind of spots her and then she like turns and like walks really fast away. And then we see a hooded figure, the hooded figure following her. And this time Natalie clocks the figure, thank God. And she starts to run. And then, okay, 
She like hides behind something. The figure's following her. And then she pushes him. And who's the hooded figure? We about to take a break and we're going to tell you when we come back. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And we are back, honey. Natalie has finally realized somebody is following her ass all this time. And she has finally pushed him. And his hood comes off. And it is... (laughs) Jeff? Why are you following me? Jeff! Jeff the bestie. Jeff who brought Ugh. her homework. Jeff who's like, leave her alone, Kent. Okay? Yeah. Jeff who seemed to be her ride or die. Now, which mm-hmm. one is it, Megan? Is he going to ride or is he going to die? I don't know. Things are looking sketchy for him because Natalie finds a kitchen knife in his backpack. Now, it is not a cleaver. No. It's like a, a different kind of knife. So I guess that bodes well for him. Um, and he says it's for protection. Yeah. And Natalie's like, no, you're the killer. And then she runs away with the knife that she stole from him. What wow. is with Natalie whole, taking, like, why would she take a knife and run? Babe, you are literally being searched for by the police. The last thing you need to have in your hand is any kind of weapon. I yeah. can see you, like, kick it away from him or something, you know, or, like, throw it in a dumpster, like, something. I'm not saying, but I'm like, Natalie, babe. I, I was I was so convinced that what was going to happen is that she was going to be running with this knife and, like, a cop was going to come. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, they were going to come in her path and be like, caught your red-handed. Like, that's what I yeah. thought was going to happen. Not to mention she could trip and stab herself. We all know not to run with knives. I know. So, uh, Natalie goes home. She tells her aunt about Jeff. And then Aunt Caroline says this. Because I asked him to. You asked him to? Why? I needed someone to look after you when I couldn't, okay? I was worried. Honey, you've been under a lot of stress lately, and Jeff was willing to do that. He was willing to spy on me, pretend to be my friend. Natalie, stop. No, you stop. What? What? (laughs) You asked Jeff to follow her? With a knife? (laughs) It's also, I'm sorry. Maybe he added that part. Oh, yeah, definitely BYO knife. That was on his part. But my thing is, too, is like, Jeff is small, meek, terrified, 
awkward. Why have you made him this woman's keeper? Why are you yeah. making Jeff do this? Jeff don't need to be doing this. Jeff need to be in the house reading a fantasy novel. Okay, stop trying to involve him in this. Aunt Caroline, I'd rather you hire a bodyguard than just call up Jeff and go follow her. Like, Jeff mm-hmm. don't have stuff to do. <sighs> so then we see Captain Lawrence. She's doing some sort of detective work. She's looking for something, and it seems like there's something missing from the Annie Weaver murder file. Right. But then Natalie and Caroline, they're heading home, and news media is everywhere. Like, they open the car door, and they are swarmed, and they're just, like, screaming questions. They run inside. You know, Aunt Caroline is like, no comment. And then Natalie is like, why did you lie to the police? You're not my mom. Stop acting like it. Now, here's something that I keep noticing about Natalie and Caroline and their little tiffs. Literally five seconds after the police or any other person exit their home, Natalie's like, why did you lie? I'm like, Natalie, you talking too loud, okay? They have not cleared Mm -hmm. the area, okay? You got to wait till you hear that engine drive off in the distance, and then you start talking. You got 20 cameras outside the door, and you over here yelling, why did you lie to the police? It's like, (laughs) Natalie, do you want to get caught? Not to mention, too, Natalie keeps being like, stay away from me, and then they just get in cars together, (laughs) or then they're just in the house. It's like, you guys, you guys are with each other more than anyone else in this movie, despite Natalie being like, you should stay away from me. <laughs> okay. So Captain Lawrence goes to the cop bar to see Detective Matthews, who is handsome now that I'm recalling it. Um, and she's like, she's asking him some questions. You were the first one on the scene. Natalie was there that night. Yes. Anything that wasn't included in the official reports. It turns out Detective Matthews left a bunch of stuff out of the report, like there being buttons left over the victim's eyes, which which happened to be what also happened to Owen and Kent. And they were also what Natalie, as a child, drew Mm -hmm. before the murders took place. And we see a flashback of the detective tearing up Natalie's drawings of people with buttons on their faces and like, you know, their bodies scratched out and he admits that he messed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. He admits he, he messed up. He never liked Annie and he was like, she deserved to go down basically. So he Mm -hmm. just, he was like, what is it? The thing she's going to go down for Even if I don't have the evidence, Mm -hmm. but I will say this, nothing is more terrifying than a child's drawing. Yeah. (laughs) True. True. Like if you put that anywhere, shaken, shaken to my core, I don't trust. Okay. I have a child's drawing right here. This is um, a drawing that my niece did of CJ and I on our wedding day, but she forgot to put CJ in until the very end. So he's just over here in the corner. See, um, y'all look like skeletons. Yeah, I don't and love so, it at all. So she actually takes after me. We do the same classic trope. We just do head with legs coming directly out of the head. Oh God, what creatures. <laughs> Can you imagine if someone actually like rendered a 3D model of a child's drawing? It would look <laughs> no. like a sea monster from the deep. Right. So if I was a serial killer, I would be beheading people. I have a pretzel in my mouth right now, sorry. So if I was a serial killer, I would be beheading people and then chopping off their legs and then putting their legs right under their head. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my calling card. Oh God, thank God you haven't gone serial, Megan. <laughs> No we don't need way. to see that out here. In the, in I haven't world. even done one murder. <laughs> Annie is meeting with her lawyer, who's basically like, "You got to stay of execution. You're you're leaving. You're leaving today." Again, yeah. it doesn't happen that fast. There is paperwork 
But she well, is a white woman, so maybe they acted fast. And blonde, too. Blonde, so especially. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one likes to see a blonde woman struggle. No. But, and you know, of course, Annie's happy, but the lawyer's like, yeah, your daughter is the prime suspect. <laughs> no, but I want out of this cage, but not to put her in it. I will not betray her. She's a good girl. But then, as Annie is like leaving her cell, you know, she's like walking with her banker's box of items. She walks out and she has like a little smug, like a touch of a smug smile. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like a touch of a smug smile. And she, you know, is greeted by all these reporters and they're like, why, why did you protect your daughter? And she's like, clearly you're not a mother. You know, so now she's (laughs) self-righteous. Now she is the martyr we all need. And this is the part that I thought was random. She gets in the car and her lawyer's driving. He's like, we've gotten a lot of interviews, interview requests. This is going to be financially lucrative. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Well, you're not wrong. He's not wrong, I guess, but it just made him seem so slimy. So Natalie is back at her old house, the murder house, as we like to call it. Mm -hmm. And this time she does go in. Um, So she goes up to her old bedroom and she starts having flashbacks of the night of the murders. So then we see 10-year-old Natalie holding the bloody cleaver. Oh my God. And then she runs out and says, it was me. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And as she is, you know, run off and is like having this epiphany, Annie goes to Caroline's house, just real sassy and bitchy. They do not like each other. Annie is like, give me my keys to my old house. I was like, whoo, honey, listen to this little conversation. Nice place you got here. Certainly better than where I've spent the last eight years. Well, you did that to yourself. We both know that's not true. The police did it and you helped. You never did like me. From the day I started dating your brother. Okay, what do you want? The keys to my mom's old house. I'm assuming you still have them? Of course I do. It's really hard to sell a house where a double homicide took place. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And then she gives Caroline the motel address of where she's staying. Okay, this also made me be like, okay, it's Caroline. Because it's like, she's going to give her the, um, because the the lawyer, who is like slimy, I love that they did that. um, He's like, no one knows where you are. The cops like book this, but then she gives it to Caroline. And I'm like, well, no, Caroline knows where she is in case she wants to do anything. Uh So I'm just piecing together, you know, a fun little story in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, Captain Lawrence is still in the case because she is convinced, okay? She is convinced. Natalie has done it and she's going to get her evidence. But Natalie, meanwhile, is like going back to Aunt Caroline's and is like, stay away from me. I committed the murders. And it's like, Caroline's like, that is not true. And then Natalie's <laughs> like, you cannot protect me. And then she just runs off. No, she, no, no. She storms off, but just goes upstairs. Oh, she just <laughs> like, goes into the room. Oh, good Yeah, because Lord. she's a teen. She has nowhere to go. So she's like, you can't protect me. Stay away from me. And then she just goes to her room that Aunt Caroline pays for. Absolutely. Oh, but then she does end up running away to her mom's motel. Yes. So yes. I guess Caroline gave her the address. She's going to pack. <laughs> and then mom and daughter hug. Natalie is breaking down and admits to her mom that she did it. And this is what her mom has to say about that. I was hoping you'd never find out. Why? Why would you do that? Because they were gonna lock you up in some horrible cell. I couldn't have that. So you went to jail for me. That's what mothers do. I'm gonna turn myself in. I have to. 
before I hurt anyone else. I'm scared. I know. But I'm going to be with you right there. And we're going to get you some help. And then Mama okay. Tails had to take a pill huh. and get some sleep. And then Natalie's uh. like, I threw him out. And Mama's like, what? You shouldn't do that. You will get you new pills. And then she's like, lay in my lap like a little girl, which I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> this is so weird. Everything is so weird. And I'm like, okay, Mom, what you, I, I don't know, her, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think no, it was wild no, yet. Up. Yeah, but up. I didn't think it was wild yet because I was like, well, yeah, if, if someone's taking medication, you'd be like, don't stop taking the medication. So it's right. not like it's crazy yet, but you know, she's like, you threw out your pills. You know, she's very alarmed. But yeah. So Natalie wakes up in the motel room and her mom is totally gone. Nowhere to be found. There is a note that says she'll be back soon. But it's like, I, I thought we were. Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was like the whole reason. you. I know. You like wanted to come um, out and have a relationship and you leave after like two hours. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a great start for mother of the year, Annie. Um, and then. There's a bunch of like file boxes. So Natalie starts going through Annie's personal belongings, which I do like. And <laughs> she sees pictures of herself when she was a little. And then she starts finding all these letters signed from just like D. Just and they're like romantic. D. It's like they, yes. the little bits that we can read are like, my love, I love, I miss yes. you. Like, so it's like, so D is in deep. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then Natalie like remembers that the D she signed that she sees signed on these letters to her mom is the same D that Dr. Welk uses to sign her prescriptions. Mm. So she leaves the motel and goes right to Dr. Welk's and Jeff is still spying on her. <laughs> Bless your heart, Jeff. Bless your heart, Jeff. Natalie basically breaks into Dr. Welk's office and begins to like rummage through his files and he even she even finds like in what is supposed to be natalie's file all the stuff about her mom and then there's also an id card like prison visitor and if you get a badge you coming a lot okay if they do something mm -hmm. like that you coming all the time but the name on that badge is not welk Okay, mm -hmm. it's something else. So now it's like, okay, great. And and that's the moment. What I say, Megan? I do for moment one, you couldn't trust Welk. Yeah. Or whatever his name is. Okay. Right. I knew. So Dr. Welk like, gets home right at this moment. And so Jeff sees him getting home, texts Natalie to leave. She stays, of course. <laughs> and then Italy. and then Jeff is like, I seem like I do drama club. So he <laughs> starts trying to distract Dr. Welk by pretending to be there to, like, need help mm -hmm. for how Natalie is behaving. Right, 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 right. D uh, Dr. Welk. Oh, um, uh, my name's uh, Jeff. I'm, I'm a friend of uh, Natalie Weaver's. Ah. Right, she's mentioned you. Natalie gets the file case open, finds all the things you said, and then Dr. Welk hears her. Cause she like and he, closes, she closes right. the file cabinet with a way too loud sound. It was like, Natalie, yes. you have already been told this man is approaching. You got to be subtle, sis. She can't do it. No, she can't. Dr. Welk goes back to his office. Lo and behold, Natalie is gone. I love when um, that happens. So Dr. Will gives Jeff his card and is like, call me, I guess. Yeah. And then and then they leave. So they've escaped. So the thing yeah. is, it is good that Jeff was still doing whatever this yeah. following was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Jeff can only do so much, honey, because then the cops show up with an arrest warrant for Natalie because in all this time, the captain has seen footage of Natalie 
outside walking on when she when her aunt said she was home. And right. she's like, gotcha now. Gotcha now. All right. But then this is what I find so funny. Carol Aunt Caroline texts Jeff and is like, police coming to here to arrest Natalie. I'm sorry, when did Jeff become her second legal guardian? Why what? aren't you texting Natalie directly? It's just like I'm guessing Jeff has a like an unstable home life and Caroline's like, I'll be a foster guide for him. But by putting him in harm's way, having him like on the tail yes. of a murderer and following an unstable girl as she sleepwalks in suburbia. Yes, exactly. Um, so the cops are at Aunt Caroline's, but she's not there. So they put out an APB, is that what's called? I don't yeah, know. all points bulletin, absolutely. Okay, and they're like, we got to find this little teen bitch. Um, <laughs> so Natalie lays out the case for Jeff, like gives him the rundown on Welk. Natalie also says the medicine that he prescribed her has been making everything worse. Like right. it's probably been causing the sleepwalking, the sleepwalking. and the flashbacks and yeah. all of these crazy side effects. So Jeff says they have to go to the police, but Natalie's like, no, they're looking for me. So if we yeah. go to them, they're going to be like, gotcha. Um, and then Caroline calls and Natalie tells her the theory and hangs up. <laughs> her hanging up was so, it, cause you, of course, Caroline's like, what are you talking about? And Natalie literally just like, Dr. Welk's in on it. He's trying to do it. And Carolyn's like, huh? And she's like, click. <laughs> yes. And then they see Dr. Welk leaving his house and they decide to follow him in Jeff's car. Right, right. And th they follow him and he is going to the old house where the murders took place. Dr. Welk goes inside. Annie is like, you know, tidying up the house. And he grabs her from behind. And now this is giving me shades of keeping up with the Joneses. Do you remember yeah. when that husband grabbed the um, one of the sisters? Yes. And then, you, and then it's like, oh, no, this is a sexy role play. So when right. this happens, I'm already, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Okay. And lo and behold, Natalie arrives at the house, finds her mom and Dr. Welk having the grossest looking kisses I could Ugh. ever see between two old people, and he is so horny for the murders. Yes. Is this where they died? No. No? The bedroom. Okay. And he's like, let's go. Ugh, <laughs> these two, these two are nasty. They're Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely, they nasty. It's like, ew, you nasty, Dr. Well. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And then we see flashbacks of Dr. Welk killing Owen, the costume shop owner, killing Kent, some would say thank you for that. Uh -huh. And he did it so him and Annie could be together. Basically, they were like, if we if if we have someone do perform murders exactly like the Cleaver Weaver murders were, right, right. then they'll know she's in jail. She couldn't have been the murderer. Absolutely. Listen to Dr. Welk break it all down after he tries to cover up. And then Annie is like, she obviously figured it out. <laughs> like she was like, stop trying to pretend. Your mother told me all about you, about the night terrors and the sleepwalking you experienced as a child. It was perfect. So together, we planned, and I acted. I'm your daughter. Exactly. My own flesh and blood testified against me. Can you imagine? I mean, it's not petty, 
to hold a grudge against your 10-year-old child who testified but, against you, but it's also petty. It's like, yeah, you, you did, did kill it. them. You <laughs> killed them and she was 10 years old. She is like yeah. so terrible. And she gets even worse because Annie pulls out a knife and immediately stabs Dr. Welk. Like, I <laughs> she mean, did not care about this man at all. Socio, socio. She is using him to get out. Then Natalie like runs upstairs to her bedroom because the door to get out is locked. Normally, you know, I never respect when people walk, run up. You got to run out. You but never she tried. run She up. tried. But she, she did tried. try. Couldn't open it. Okay. So she goes upstairs to her old bedroom. We are repeating history. We're seeing what 10-year-old Natalie did in this situation. So Annie comes in. That's what she's thinking. She opens the closet, but it's empty. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Natalie knew not to go there. And then Annie just starts stabbing, like, random things in the room that have um, sheets over them. Like Anything covered up. She looks like there's any air. She's just stabbing. She's just stabbing. Which I was like, okay, wow. Annie really, really came out swinging. I just didn't think she was going to just, like, kill her daughter. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think, because I was like, if you kill her, now you're definitely going back to prison. You see what I'm saying? There's no one to pin it on. You're a psychopath. Yeah. So, and there's no way you can say someone, like, being stabbed in the head or the chest or the stomach was suicide. You or with I mean? self-defense. Yeah, it's like, I no. So it's like, but it's okay. so it's a I was like, okay, wow, she's, she's off. She's off. Um, yeah. So while this is going on, Aunt Caroline arrives at the house and she starts banging on the door, but it's locked. Natalie! <sighs> so now Annie has to stop stabbing random things and go deal with that <laughs> nonsense. Basically. So then Annie and Caroline, Caroline got in through the back door. Um, they struggle. They're like fighting. And Annie knocks Caroline down, like knocks her out cold. Yeah. But then Natalie stops. She like threw. I love this, though. This is about she threw a blanket over Annie's head, you know, to like mm-hmm. disorient her and kind of stop her. And she grabs the knife from her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, very clever. Very interesting. Yes. And then finally. We get what we've been waiting for, this full flashback, honey, to the night of the murders. We are going to see it all. Natalie, at 10 years old, sees, like, the dead bodies right after her mom kills them. Yes. And then Natalie grabs the bloody cleaver. Yes, takes it from her mother, and then she goes in the closet and hides. So that's why she remembers herself having it. But it's not Mm -hmm. because she actually murdered them. Also, she was 10. She couldn't have overpowered two grown adults. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's no way she she also wouldn't have the strength in her to bring that cleaver down that hard. Anyway, Ugh. so we knew that was never going to happen. The poor Millers. Oh, my God. So then present day Annie starts giving a little monologue about what she's going to tell the police. She she just went crazy. She she killed the shrink and she killed poor Aunt Caroline. And then she tried to kill me. But Natalie's like, you know, she's got the knife and is kind of holding it at her mother to keep her away from her. And also, though, the mom says, though, she's like, I killed them because they kept paying attention to you and treating you like you were their kid and you were going along with it. So it's like, you, I mean, the psychopathy of yeah, this woman. Suck. I mean, it all I mean, it all checks out, meaning it's this. These are all the facets of a, you know, a narcissistic psychopath who's like. Mm-hmm. Even though she hates her daughter, her daughter should only love her and anyone else being nice to her daughter and making her not seem great has to die. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Annie is like egging her on at this point. She's like, do it. 
do it. You won't do it. And Natalie is like holding a knife and then she drops the knife and she says, I won't because I'm nothing like you. Annie then snatches the knife and she goes to stab Natalie. And then right that moment, what happens? Don't move. Put your hands where I can see them. Cops come in and Captain shoots her. Shoots her. Not a deadly shot. Right Mm -hmm. in the arm. She drops the knife. They arrest Annie. And she's like glaring at Natalie and Caroline because Natalie's like over at Caroline trying to help, you know, wake her up, make sure she's okay. And Jeff, oh, sweet, sweet Jeff, loves to lurk. He's standing outside. So (laughs) when Natalie and Caroline come out, she's like, are you guys okay? What about your mom? And Natalie's like, my mom's right here, meaning Aunt Caroline. Wow. And then they hug. And walk away from the murder house forever. Mm. Whoo, baby. Yeah, yeah. Now, this one, you know, the mom was a special kind of evil that I feel like we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. And was very scary and creepy, which makes this the perfect movie to talk about with special guest John Grills, honey. Because he knows all things creepy and scary. Whew. Let's get into it with John Grills. 
I personally thought that Dr. Welk was suspect from the get-go. As someone who knows creepy, you know, how quickly did your spidey senses start tingling? Um, not necessarily with Dr. Welk, but with anyone. You know, how quick are you to say, oh, no, something may right here? So I suspected him. I mean, you know, I, I think in the nature of a Lifetime movie, too, you start suspecting everybody of everything immediately. Yeah, but every man, I, every man. The moment he picked her up in the quarry, yeah. I was like, what are you doing driving by the quarry in the middle of the night? <laughs> right. And then I just, all I could, I even told my wife this later. I was like, what I can't figure out, and especially as a parent. So he brings her home and says, yeah, I found her wandering down by the quarry. And her aunt doesn't go, what were you doing down by the quarry? <laughs> <laughs> just happened to be on a on a cruise in the quarry, huh? All right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that, that was kind of my thing with Aunt Caroline. I do feel like there was stuff that she didn't ask enough questions about, was <laughs> lying but not being asked to lie, that and we saw her be a murderer in a... A cheerleader movie and so I, she was making dr welk was definitely making my senses go up but so was aunt caroline yeah and forcing that extra script on her it was like you just carry your prescription pad in your car well yeah. that's what i said he's ready he's just ready to dole out pills he can't be trusted okay on so many levels the moment i the first moment they were talking i was like Mm-mm. when she was like the medicine's not working and he was like it takes time Nope, nope. You too chill. You too empty about it. no. You can't yeah. trust these doctors in Lifetime movies. Okay, now our amazing producer has written a phrase in here that Naomi and I were definitely not familiar with. It is creepy pasta. I was familiar, and Megan. I don't you want John thinking I don't know okay. what creepy pasta. So is. I was not familiar with creepy pasta, and apparently it is not spaghetti with eyeballs in it. So. As our expert, what would you define creepypasta as? Uh, spaghetti with eyeballs in it. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Well, it, then, Megan, uh, you got it. It's uh, So creepypasta is a portmanteau of creepy and copypasta. So the, uh, they originally, more or less, they came to be in old 4chan forums where the concept was. It was a scary story. that 4chan somebody co- when it seemed, quote unquote, normal. All right. Uh, keep going. Uh, Keep this is going. already a scary story. <laughs> so, you know, when people would write stories and they would be copied and pasted somewhere else and maybe they were changed a little bit um, and there wasn't necessarily a defined author. They were just scary stories that existed on the Internet. So okay. it turned in from copy pasta to creepy pasta. Okay. So like Internet urban legends. Yes. That's, that's really how they started. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. What do you think the creepy version of Am I a Serial Killer would be? Like, could we make yeah. this creepy pasta? What would we need to add to really take it up a notch? I think that in the end, it needs to twist back and Natalie needs to become a serial killer at the end. Yeah. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So no hope. There's no hope in cre- creepy There's pasta. someone still on the loose. Yeah, either someone's still on the loose or something just switches in Natalie's head after the incident with her mom and she oh. ends up be- actually becoming a serial killer. Okay. Wow. 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 Which it had potential. Like, they're, they did really paint it as, like, I think we all probably knew Natalie didn't do it, but it's like, this bitch is sleepwalking while people are getting murdered. <laughs> like, there is a and chance. she's yelling at everybody all the time. Like, yeah, she, she literally goes from she's... like, what do you mean I'm fired? F*** you. Like, you're just like, okay, Natalie, you were at a 20. 
And her mom's not trying that hard to keep her from leaving the house. Like, I installed this alarm. There's a <laughs> yeah. huge scene about the alarm. And then the alarm goes off and she's just gone. Whatever. <laughs> um, now, John, you said you're a parent. I am. Are your kids or kid old enough to watch scary, creepy things with you yet? Uh, so my children are six and nine. Okay. okay. So wow. my daughter being six, the true horror that she likes is TikTok videos. <laughs> and she likes watching them on YouTube when we're not paying attention. And okay. for some TikTok reason she on got YouTube. That's yeah. It's too, too much. So she got uh they they were talking about Pennywise. Somehow she got fell down this Pennywise. So she knows who Pennywise is. Oh, and no. then she found out who Candyman is. And oh, she no. found out that me and her mom were going to see the new Candyman movie last weekend. She's like, "Can I go?" We're like, "No." Absolutely not. Absolutely you, you not. You cried at Jungle Cruise. You are not going to watch. <laughs> But she's got an appetite for it. She has an appetite. But like, I liked horror too, but I didn't know. Like, I remember I I was taken to see Child's Play as a child. And that messed me up. Okay. That messed me up for years. There's certain things. Do not take a child to a killer doll movie. Don't take an adult to a killer doll movie. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) These things are terrifying. I remember seeing a killer Santa movie where like a guy dressed as Santa was a slasher and going around killing people. And it really, I was pretty upset. Um, (laughs) Naomi and I love to play uh, a little game after watching these movies called Rear, called, uh uh-oh, called Real Hero, Real Villain. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other characters that stood out to you as either a real hero or a real villain? Uh, I think the, the chief of police was a real villain. Yes, thank you. She was, uh, yes, I mean, she saves her at the end and everything, but I, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think she pulled, so she pulls up the, the security camera footage after they've got the warrant, after they're trying to, yeah. Like, yeah. wait a yeah. second, security camera footage wasn't the first thing you looked for to see if it she was there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, you just thinking it is now? Like, yeah. You're yeah. not good at your job. Like you were talking to this high school student in an office like yeah. she's Brandon Dassey and you're trying to like put oh my something God, yes. on her. Oh my God. Like, that is crazy. Natalie just wants to watch SmackDown. Um, <laughs> and Naomi, do you have a, a real hero? Oh God, a real hero in this one. It's a little tough. It really is. You know what? For all my talking about him being, being too much, I'm going to say Jeff was a real hero. Okay. Because yeah. Jeff could, no matter what was happening, Jeff said, I will keep following Natalie. As though <laughs> Jeff had no homework, no friends, no activities. Bless <laughs> his heart for yeah. showing up. And he's shown no evidence that he would actually stand up to any form of exactly. violence. No, no absolutely. We were like, not a good bodyguard. Exactly. Um, I'll also offer up quickly real villain Kent, maybe mm. the oh, yeah. meanest Kent. high school yeah. jerk we've ever met. And I also think real hero Owen, the costume shop owner. I, I mean, he's a small business owner yes. in this town. Yes. He's trying to keep the people outfitted for all their murder mysteries and their Halloween <laughs> extravaganzas. And how does he get thanked? By getting a dang cleaver yep. to the heart and buttons put over his face. And, and yeah. But as the, as the medical examiner proved, that there were defensive wounds on his hands, yes, proving yes. that he was trying to defend himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> defensive wounds that he was defending. Owen did not go down with a fight, but you know who did? Kent. 
cans. It's true. Can't, no defensive wounds. No defensive wounds. <laughs> he goes, I wounds. deserve this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, thank you so much for coming through. And first of all, bless your heart for watching a Lifetime movie <laughs> and just like schooling us on the creepy nature, you know? And now I'm looking at the world differently. I'm terrified. I don't know who to trust. I'm never logging onto the internet again. But I just really appreciate that. See, you know, I thought the same thing. I thought I was all safe and cozy in my little horror world, and now I've been re-exposed to Lifetime movies. I'm never going to be the same. I, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. Thank you no for more. rolling with it and watching the my movie. My pleasure. Thank you. I I don't know if we could return the favor and watch a creepy movie if he asked <laughs> to. I get I, I bet he... Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I could. I just get really, really scared. Especially around this time of year. I saw Candyman like the weekend it opened. Okay? Did you love it? I mean, I was scared. I was yeah. I was on the edge of my seat. Okay. It was also just a well, whew, a well done movie, honey. Nia DaCosta, director extraordinaire. Bravo, but, um, bravo. I'm in I'm into it. I'm into the collective horror experience. Have you gone to Halloween horror night since you've lived out here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was the most afraid person there. Like, <laughs> shrieking. Like, so afraid. Clinging to my friend's husband. Clinging to him. <laughs> Your friend's and he husband? Kept, Where was yes, your husband? He sprained his ankle at his bachelor party, so he couldn't come. <laughs> um, and my friend's husband was like, Megan, I'm scared too. Like, I was, like, no. At one point... My our friend Kara had to like give me a pep talk before we went in. She kept going, Megan, they're just actors. They're just <laughs> actors. And I'm like, they're too good. They're too good. <laughs> oh my God. I love it, except I find the creepiest part to be less the actors. And like, there's always like some teens whose job is to stand inside the haunted houses with like a little sort of like lamp or like light to kind of keep people moving through so that no one's you know like walking into stuff and like taking props or doing whatever but they always look so sullen and like they're watching all of us like I was like they're picking who to murder when this is over and I found those teens creepier than any person in a mask I don't like the chainsaws though no no. Even though they don't have actual, like, the chain, like, the saw part on them anymore, a chainsaw coming close to me is just not right. No, and, and the masks, they've gotten, they've, like, elevated to, like, Slipknot, where it's, like, it's not <laughs> just, like, I'm a spooky clown. It's, like, there's, like, tentacles yeah. coming yeah, out of scary. them. And, like, the devil. Well, hello, it's at Universal yeah. Studios. They've spared no expense, okay? No, they've spared no but- expense. They are using the top. Yeah top creature features okay people who know what they're doing but honestly Megan we could talk about horror all day because (laughs) we don't even need to be talking about this kind of fantastical horror because you know real life is scary enough and next week we talking about a movie that is real honey oh real wait okay it is called The Good Father the Martin McNeil story based on the true story of Dr. Martin McNeil, a Utah doctor's true nature behind his seemingly perfect persona comes to light after the death of his wife. <gasps> okay, so this is a premiere. It's going to be on Lifetime Saturday, October 2nd at 8 p.m. And I have to tell you, I inadvertently watched a 2020 special, two-hour special wow. on this this past weekend, and I was chilled to the bone. These Mormons, oh boy, oh boy. Wow, wow, wow. All right, y'all, don't say we never gave you anything. 
We'll see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder with Chris Boniello as editor and sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler with original music by Blake Maples and hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us! Us! I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. 